0: Hello again, uh, Asbury. Uh, a brief message uh, today. Now today was intended to be Disciple Bible Study uh, Recognition Day uh, of our uh, those disciples who have joined me for, gosh, 34 weeks, I think it is, uh, of walking through the Bible together. And I, and I can't uh, express to you enough uh, about how important uh, reading the Bible together in community is and making the commitment, almost an entire year-long commitment, uh, of doing that, of jumping in. Uh, so this message really is focused uh, around that, though uh, uh, we'll be recognizing our disciples uh, later uh, in in the year, uh, early in the summer. But uh, just a couple of words, uh, you know, our scripture lesson today. It's so fantastic. It is, it's like the ending of the Gospel of John, but it's not quite the ending of the Gospel of John. <clears throat> so it's John chapter 20, uh, beginning with verse 30, and it goes like this. Um, now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in His name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are other things that Jesus did that are not written in this book. How exciting! At least I find that exciting. You know, it reminds me. You know, when I was in um, <laughs> when I was in third grade. I was absolutely obsessed with Nintendo, uh, with video games, Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda, Contra, Metroid, all of those. In fact, I have some, are in my office, like these legit, I didn't even think about this. Um, I mean, look at this. I have uh, literally in my office, uh, original NES games. Like this is the Super Mario Brothers that I played when I was in third grade, and here is an original Legend of Zelda. Um, so when I was in third grade, I was absolutely obsessed with Nintendo and my parents said that if I made all A's, if I made all A's for the entire year, they would buy me a Nintendo entertainment system. So you know what I did? Um, I didn't make all A's, um, that year. Um, but, but I got another shot at it. Uh, I was actually, uh, held back in third grade. I did third grade twice. <laughs> In my household growing up, we lovingly called it third grade, the sequel. <laughs> um, so if you've ever had to repeat a grader or if you're a parent wrestling with that decision for your child, um, I've done all right. I've done all right since then. So when I repeated third grade, when I entered into third grade, the sequel, and, and by the way, the, um, I repeated uh, um, I repeated the third grade uh, because of some social anxiety and I was one of the youngest in the class and. Uh, And what they discerned through that is, is I was, I was just, I was gifted. I just looked at the world in a different way. Uh, I remember the one question uh, that I got with the the gifted test, whatever, you know, uh, they asked me, who's the leader of Greece? And I'm in third grade. Who's the leader in Greece? So I said, I don't know, Zeus? (laughs) And apparently that was a, a fine answer. Anyway. Uh, uh, so that started me on a, on a, on a path of recognizing that it, my brain was just a little bit different uh, than, than my peers. So I repeated third grade. And on, upon repeating third grade, uh, I made all A's. Obviously because I had already done cursive. <laughs> I had already memorized my multiplication tables, right? Um, so, yeah, I got straight A's. And I got a Nintendo. And I played it for hours. One of my favorite things uh, about Nintendo was there was a magazine magazine that i subscribed to that i my parents subscribed me to that's called nintendo power and nintendo power was a magazine that yeah it would help you defeat the game like it would help you beat the big boss at the end but more importantly and more to the point is that it would give you all of these like easter eggs and background information and cheat codes to like have you know unlimited lives and all these things that you, you probably would not pick up uh if you if you played uh, the game uh, without it. I love so so th- this ending in John's Gospel reminds me of Nintendo Power because it says these Jesus did other things that are not written in, in in this book, right? There are other things to do in this game that are that are not included in the game itself, right But these are written so that you might believe, right um, There are extra things that make this story much more full. And much more of a blessing and you know stop stop worrying about winning the game right the game is won. jesus jesus has won that these are written so that you might believe but jesus did other things too it's like this magazine like uh it's not about this magazine doesn't help you uh beat the game so to speak but it, it helps you enjoy it and to be even more fulfilled with it right and in reading these things uh in john's gospel at least for me uh, sent me one of, because I really started reading the Bible uh, my junior year uh, of high school. And it was fascinating to me uh, that the Jesus that my friends were talking about didn't seem to have much in common with the Jesus,
1: <laughs> the Jesus
0: that I had found in scripture, right? Uh, I remember it was my junior year, it was Holy Week, and I read in, in Mark's gospel, uh, Caiaphas put Jesus under oath and said, Are you the Messiah, the Son of God? And Jesus says, Yes, I am. I was like, well, that's definitive. So, And I knew enough to know that that Matthew, Mark, and Luke were uh, very similar. They're called the synoptic Gospels because more or less they are in sync with each other. So I looked it up in Matthew, and the same story in Matthew, and in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Caiaphas says, are you the Son of God? And Jesus says, you say that I am. But I say unto you, you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. That's not the same answer. (laughs) And at this moment of, why did no one tell me this? Because I mean, I I was under the impression, like the Bible, the way the Bible is, is always, always was. It was written in English, and it kind of fell out of the sky. And it is a holy book written by the finger of God. And, and, and you know, and, and, if, and if that's if that's so, then why does Jesus answer the question differently? Into <laughs> two different gospels. It's fantastic. So that sent me on this trajectory. You know. Jesus did many other things that are not written in this book. It sent me on an adventure to discover what have I been missing? What has been staring at me in the face? What have I been, been missing? Like, for example, um, uh, Robert Frost's poem, you know, two, uh, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, right? It goes like this, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveller, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black, oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, Two roads diverged in a wood, And I, I took the one less traveled by, And that has made all the difference. Now, I'm assuming most of you who have heard this poem Or know anything about it would say that the poem Talks about the importance of taking the road less traveled right? The blessing it is to, uh, to walk the difficult path, like don't take the easy path, walk the difficult path, and that's a fine sermon, and a lot of people believe that. Uh, but there is another way to read this poem. <laughs> There's another way to read this. Uh, the last stanza says, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence that two roads diverged in a wood and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. What has made all the difference exactly? Is traveling the road less traveled? Is that what made the difference? Or is the poet offering us a very interesting commentary on the way humans interact? Maybe what he's saying is, I will say I took the road less traveled. And saying I took the road less traveled, regardless of which road I actually took. Saying I took the road less traveled will make all the difference. I shall be telling this with a sigh, the poet says. (laughs) Now, of course, the point of this poem is not to build two separate factions. Uh, One group that says he took the road less traveled and another group that says he's only saying that he took the road less traveled and then for them to set up separate institutions and to battle it out of who has the truth. Um, Both of these truths are quite valuable and profound and important to recognize, right? That's part of the beauty of of reading scripture, especially like in the context of a disciple class when we can gather together and read scripture with each other and to wrestle with it and to recognize that there's some in the room that think he took the road less traveled and others in the room that think he said he took the road less traveled. And both of those interpretations are quite valid and important and have an element of truth, right? So I love this when, when John says, look, Jesus did a bunch of other things and they're not written down. What that means to me is that is that the story is still, oh, and I love this. So the end of John chapter 20, Jesus did many other things and not written in this book, but these are written so that you might believe and have abundant life, right? And then he goes on for a whole other chapter. It sounds so definitive, like this is the end of the book. This is it. Jesus did a bunch of other things. We don't have time to cover them. Well, except for this one last thing, right? And then he goes on to John chapter twenty-one, and it's that, <coughs> it's that chapter where uh, Jesus and Peter have breakfast on the lakeshore. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. I mean, it's a remarkable, amazing chapter. Uh, imagine if the the author of John's Gospel stopped, as he said he would. <laughs> Jesus did a bunch of other things, but they're not written down. These are written so that you might believe. Well, actually, this is another great story. Let me jump into that. And then he ends. He ends John chapter 21 with, like, this other, like, second ending. It's almost, it's almost, like, like, have you ever asked a child about something that they're passionate about? Holy smokes. you, You ask a child who loves baseball to tell you about their baseball game? Or you ask a child who loves dance about their dance recital? Or a musician about a concert? Um... Uh, or, or uh, a child who is excellent at zoology of what their favorite animal is. They just don't stop talking. And that's beautiful. Don't ever shut a child up. Don't ever do that. Listen intently. Honor them. Get to their level and listen. That's what's happening in this Gospel of John, is that John just cannot, he just can't contain himself. Jesus did many other things, and they're not written in this book, but these are written so that you might believe. But wait, there's more. There's another story. Jesus was walking on the lakeshore and he ends that second ending of his gospel by saying, look, okay, if we wrote everything down, the world could not contain, the world could not contain the stories. I would love to challenge that. I would love the exercising of our faith and the sharing of good news to saturate the world, and to make the world so full that 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 John would appear and would say something like, the, the, the world cannot contain these stories and we're almost there. So I'd love that. I'd love to take that challenge. I would love to hear your Jesus story and your faith story. What, what might you imagine? I love this. When, when scripture does this, it gives us permission to use our holy imaginations. Jesus did many other things that are not written in this book. What what would you imagine that is? I'd love to see that on Facebook. I'd love to see that on Twitter. I'd love an email. Um, I would love for you to imagine, to imagine what Jesus might have done that wasn't recorded in the book. What do you think that is? And more to the point, more importantly, recognize that the story is not over. The story is not finished. Jesus is still working through you in the work that you do. What gospel are you proclaiming through your action in the world? It's one of the reasons why something like burnt offerings is so important. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it's a cooking competition. Yes, it's gonna be great fellowship. It also raises money for The Hub. And if you haven't been to The Hub, uh, uh, I encourage you to go because it is remarkable and it is fantastic. And it is another way of continuing that story in the Gospel of John. We said the world just cannot contain these stories. And it's because one day, heaven and earth will be one. There will be a new city. God will be with God's people. Until then, it is our job to saturate the world with good news. Not only with our speech, but also with our actions. Let us fill the world with this good news. And may it be so abundant that the world has a hard time keeping it in. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, even on this day, uh, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for calling uh, all of these disciples together uh, in in, in this house. Father, pour out your Holy Spirit on us as we go out into the world and and tell stories of Jesus. And yes, my testimony is not written in the Gospel of John, but it is Christ living through me. (laughs) My life is one of those stories of Jesus that are not contained in John's Gospel. And thankfully, the story is still being told. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit